When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very happy, very, very happy Monday morning, June the 20th, the day after Father's Day, also known as the day after your Cleveland Guardians took down the Los Angeles Dodgers inside of Dodger Stadium, five in one week. This is your boy, Todd Derry, joining you on the Derry Brothers Guardians cast presented by WaitingForNextYear.com in the Evergreen Podcast Network. And of course, as always, brought to you by Breaking Tea, best t-shirts that you can find on the internet, and our friends at the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Schlissel, and the crew. If you're not recognizing the voice this early, it's probably because, you know, the driver of this show is my brother, the one and only Matthew P. Derry. But Matt, uh, my brother, my good man, he is at Parts Unknown right now, a little vacation action, a well-earned vacation, might I add. There's nobody that I know, and this is a dead serious thing, nobody I know who works harder than my brother. So uh, he's enjoying a little siesta, and here uh, you got me, solo. But there's so much to discuss. You know, Matt and I were texting like oh should we do it on wednesday when i'm back from my vacation and i said you know what i gotta do a solo pod i i did i did one last summer uh when 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 matt was on vacation i'm gonna do it again because there's just there's so much going on this team is uh, words cannot describe do it just i i don't even know what to say but there's so much going on with this club so much positive so much good vibes it's 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 astounding to me. Uh, you you look back now, at you know April uh, when the season started, mid April, late April, and you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a below 500 club. We're going to see a lot of people, interchangeable parts, learning about guys. This is going to be a learning year. But I got to tell you, folks, th- th- this is a team that can win this division. The AL Central is there to be had. It is there to be taken. I mean, as we sit here today uh, on June 20th, your Cleveland Guardians, after this 15-4 and four stretch that they've just rattled off, you know, we looked at that stretch at the beginning. Uh, I, it was, go. let's go back to the beginning of the stretch, which was actually uh, when they started playing their best baseball. You know, it was the Friday, May the 20th series. They played the Tigers. I know they they split. It was a, you know, it was a rain out. But you looked at that schedule and it was, it started actually in the middle of May. You had a a three-game set with the Reds, three with the uh, unnamed team, and then at Houston for three. And then you had four with Detroit, three with KC, three with Baltimore, four with Texas, four with Oakland. And you said, this is, this is the stretch where we have got to make up ground. If, if, if this team is going to be serious, then they're going to win. So starting off with that unbelievable series in, in, uh, in Kansas city where they swept and they've rattled off 15 of 19. I mean, I, I think that, you know, sit looking here, 
sitting back and saying, okay, this is a stretch of, of games where, you know, they should come out and win the majority of the games. But to go 15-4 and four in a 19-game stretch, that's with the youngest team in baseball. And, you know, this weekend, Jose Ramirez, you know, the best player in baseball, your best player, not playing in the final two games. Fran Mil Reyes, no, you know, still on the injured list during this entire stretch for the most part. And you're going to come out 15-4, and four, one game back of the first-place Twins. But because the Twins have played so many more games uh, than the Guardians, the Guardians are two ahead in the loss column. It, it's it's just astounding to me that, that this team, as young as they are, and with, with bullpen spots being completely different than what they thought they would be, would be one game out of first. You know, two games ahead in the loss column. I mean, the Twins are 38 and 30 uh, with a 5.59 winning percentage, and the Guardians are 34 and 28 with a 5.48. We are, and now after today's day off, you got a three-game set in Minnesota before they come home for a long homestand. So you're really looking at something. You could come out of this tied or ahead, um, uh, you know, heading into the weekend. So which would be amazing. Um, there's a lot of places to start. I, I just let's look at, the, at at this last five and one stretch. So you go into this week and you and and you see the Colorado on the road uh, for three, followed by the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium for three. The Colorado series, uh, you know, the Rockies are a last place team, yes, but uh, you go back. The Guardians have never won it. This was the first time they had won a game in Coors Field uh, since two thousand and. Can't remember. Oh my God! I think it was 2002. I mean, it's 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 pretty amazing that that it's been that long. But again, they're they're not going to Colorado very often. But you started off that series. Uh, tough game. One it in ten innings. Brian Shaw, the winning pitcher. We'll get into him in a minute. Take game two, seven to five, uh, and then you take that third game again. Another come from all three games. They trailed two nothing. Came back to win. All three games were saved by one Manny, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, and all three games, Brian Shaw was used, which, again, I will get to in a minute. But you go into Colorado, you're hoping to win two or three. You, you know, the, 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 the series you want you want to win, every series, that, that's the goal. It's the how many series can you win. So after taking that uh, three straight sweep in Colorado, you head out to Los Angeles and you're thinking to yourself, all right, after your fifth straight series win, you're going into Los Angeles. This is, you know, arguably one of, arguably the best, if not, you know, one of the top three teams in baseball. Dodgers are a tough, tough team. That line, lineup is loaded. I mean, you look up and, you know, when Gavin Lux is hitting ninth in your lineup, I mean, Gavin Lux, you put him on our team, that guy's hitting third, <laughs> you know, not, you know, Jose Ramirez, but you know what I mean? That That's a middle of the order bat. Guys hit ninth uh, for the Dodgers. But you go into that series and you're like, all right, you know what? If we can split, you're not split. You take one, one, one of the three, you'll be happy because then you can say to yourself in your head, well, you know, we swept Colorado. So technically if one of those games was a, was a loss, and uh, you get one, you get two. It would be the same thing, you know what I'm saying? So it'd be like a two wins and two wins and whatever it is. I know that's stupid logic, but that's kind of where I go sometimes. So in, but but that Friday night game, which by the way, let's sidebar this. Last week, uh, 
the Guardians play that Sunday 11:30 a.m. Peacock game. And I really, you know, I was at the game, so I didn't see it. But everybody said that it was a really good job in terms of production, and they and they really liked it, and it was good. And Jason Benetti's on play-by-play, who's a total pro. Uh, Friday night's game was a Apple Plus only uh, streaming game, which um, I did watch. Obviously, I'm not in Los Angeles, so I turned it on. I think the graphics themselves were unbelievably cool. I really dug those graphics. I thought I, I loved it. You know, they call me crazy, but I thought it was cool. It was. It felt like we were watching like a, a an unbelievably uh, clear video game, if if that makes sense. But great job. The broadcast itself was a little hokey. Uh, I love Katie Nolan, but she's you know seemed a little out of place at times. It, it, the whole thing was just it was a little hokey, but I enjoyed it. You know, you hear the national games from time to time, which is great you know, for the franchise, but it's like the stories that we've heard a million times, you know, Oscar Gonzalez comes up and, you know, and the, and the guys, you know, the, the, the broadcast team's like, oh, you know, Oscar Gonzalez's walk-up song is SpongeBob SquarePants because, you know, he knows all the kids love it. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's bits that you've heard a million times. Hey, did you know that Jose Ramirez is a great Mario Kart player? Uh, yeah, uh, we, we've known that for six years so, so i think zach meisel wrote that uh, about that in the uh, athletic like l- literally the first year the athletic was open but regardless uh it was interesting to see that but that friday night game you know uh, started by zach plesak who you know i've been very hard on on this podcast but he's done a really nice job lately uh you know he went six innings the only, the only run he gave up was a second inning homer out of cody bellinger who crushed it and uh you know Six innings, five five uh, five hits, you know, through 93 pitches. I'll take it. He didn't he struck only one guy out, but whatever. You you go into Dodger Stadium against that lineup and you're only giving up uh, one run in in six innings. I mean, you'll sign up for that all day long. So, gave him a chance to win. The offense didn't do much. Uh, you know, the one thing that this team does unbelievably well and has done so much. And again, I this is not statistical based. Statistic is statistical based that's not a phrase i don't even know what i'm trying to say this is not based on statistics i sound like sal governale i can't say the word um but it seems like this year more than any in the last you know let's go back let's let's say 2018 2019 they are getting runs home from third with less than two outs at a frequency and a pace that they hadn't in years I like to refer to them as the sack fly kings right now. I mean, it is unbelievable. Every time you look up and there's a man on third with one out, someone's delivering a fly ball. Both runs in this game that the Guardians scored in the 2-1 Friday night victory were because of sack flies. Josh Naylor had one in the fourth and a great pinch hit RBI sack fly by Richie Palacios in extras. Now, going back to Friday night before, you know, they, they closed it out. The series in Colorado, because it leaned so heavily on Eli Morgan, who pitched the last two games of the series, Brian Shaw, who pitched all three, and Emmanuel Classe, who pitched all three, Tito had to stay away from those from those three relievers. So you're thinking to yourself, well, with Plesak and the fact that those three are, are most likely not going to be used, there's some trouble ahead. Well, Sam Hentges came in. Pitched a a uh, you know a little tightrope in the seventh, but got out of it. Trevor Steffen pitched uh, an inning and a third of scoreless, and then in the ninth inning, 
Anthony Ghost uh, had to come in and pit. I mean, really, you you had you were limited in your options. Anthony Ghost had to be used. So uh, for those who didn't see it, ninth inning, you know the the Dodgers have uh, Cody Bellinger at uh, on on base with one out. He's on second base, and a a lazy fly ball is hit out to right field, and Oscar Gonzalez, the OG who has been known to take a strange route or two, takes a huge, huge circle, I guess you could say, circles around the route, comes under the ball, drops it. Somehow, well, not somehow, Cody Bellinger was basically standing on second, did not end up scoring, thank goodness, because the game would have been over. But... Now you're looking at Anthony Ghost needing to get the next two guys out. Uh, you know, it's Anthony Ghost, winning run at third. We haven't used this guy in a high leverage situation. If if he was used early April, uh, you know, I don't remember, or mid-April, early in the season. But this is a guy who is probably, you know, I'm not going to say your worst relief pitcher, but one you would use uh, uh, not in a high leverage situation unless it was absolutely necessary. <laughs> but he strikes out Gavin Lux for a huge, huge second out and then gets Trey Turner to fly out. It was unbelievable. And then in the end, in the 10th inning, uh, you know, ghost runner on third, Andres Jimenez hit that little uh, uh, infield single, which moved Owen Miller to third, and then uh, Richie Palacios drove him in. And in the in, you know, now you're going into the bottom of the ninth, starting with Freddie Freeman, or the bottom of the 10th, excuse me, with a one-run lead with Freddie Freeman coming up. And so now Ghost has to face uh, Freddie Freeman, and he strikes him out, which was unbelievable. Tito then goes to <laughs> De Los Santos because that's the best right-handed arm he had available at the time, which was great. Uh, De Los Santos ends up getting out of a uh, jam, even though he walked uh, Max Muncy, but strikes out Justin Turner to end the game. And you just look up, and you're saying to yourself, this is unbelievable. They just went into Dodger Stadium and took him down. <laughs> this is now you get one more and you win the series. It's wonderful. Obviously, Saturday's game was a little tougher. Don't need to have a conversation about Saturday's game. You know, it's it just sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. They got they 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 lost that one seven to one. But you know, going back again, I just that Friday night win was just so unbelievable. They did nothing. They had six hits committed two bad errors, uh, didn't have Eli Morgan, didn't have Emmanuel Classe, didn't have Brian Shaw, despite the fact that I still don't understand what Tito's doing with him. And you and you win in Dodger Stadium? Wonderful. So you had so, so now we hear Saturday, Jose Ramirez. Idris' thumb has it jammed it in Colorado. They wanted to give him a break. So sat Saturday, sat Sunday, today, uh, you know, the Monday day off. You want to get him ready, excuse me, you want to get him ready for that twin series. So there he is. So now we head into Sunday. It's Father's Day. Uh, uh, Shane Bieber on the mound. You're feeling good. The the Dodgers starting Andrew Heaney, who uh, not so great. Uh, the Guardians slash Indians have had great success against him over the years. But Heaney, you know, again, you're looking at a lineup and... <laughs> It's no Jose Ramirez. It's still no Franmil Reyes. You're facing a lefty, and Tito uh, has decided that he's going to go with the, you know, Ernie Clement, uh, Austin Hedges, and Oscar Mercado in there. Um, so you're like, ah, eh, the, the, you know, 
it's going to be tough, tough sledding trying to come up with runs as usual. But somehow, oh, in some way, they battled, you know, once again, it's, two, you know, they're, 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 they're tied at 2-2 two to two in the sixth inning because Oscar Gonzalez finally gets his first major league home run, which everyone's been waiting for. And then the Dodgers, uh, you know, come right back and score, take a 3-2 lead on it. Andres Jimenez made a great play, and then he threw the ball away, for those who didn't see it. Uh, but then now you're down 3-2, and you're like, oh, great, this Dodgers bullpen is really tough. But as we have seen so often with this team, they just continue to fight and continue to battle. And in the eighth inning, Tito pulls the Richie Palacios card to pinch hit, and he doubles in Stephen Kwan to tie the game. And the I, I hope you all saw it because the bench was so fired up. It was so great. Oh, I loved it. Richie ties it up, and in the ninth inning, again, you know, they they, they come up here, they uh, Get guys on base and deliver when it need, when needed. Andres Jimenez again made that that error in the seventh, but he redeemed himself with a bases loaded sharp single straight up the middle to score a run. And then Ernie Clement, again, you know, I know that there's a faction of people out there that don't love him. He's a utility man. You got you know, let, let's let's pump the brakes here. He's doing a great job as a utility man. You just don't want him starting every day, but you know playing great defense, and yesterday, two hits and the ninth inning sack fly to extend that lead to 5-3, and then you had a fresh Mane, Emmanuel Classe for a save, and you close out that series, and now you look up, you've won six straight series, you've won 15 of 19, you're one game back of Minnesota, two ahead in the loss column, and now we head to Minnesota for this monster, monster series. Now, before we get into that, just want to quickly Go to breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Check out the Cleveland collection. They got great stuff. So many things you can buy. You know, you got the Jose Ramirez new Skull t-shirt. You got the Bieber Fever shirt. Uh, You got the Josh Naylor All the Smoke shirt, which I wore at the uh, game last Sunday. It's so good. They got so many good things. Check them out. Breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Takes you right to the Cleveland collection. So go ahead, check it out, and uh, you know, get your stuff, get yourself some gear. Huge series coming up this weekend. Get some Guardians gear, rock it. Uh, when we come home, let's let let's let's treat this team the way it deserves to be treated, and do do, do your part. Get some stuff at breakingtea.com/dairy. Okay, so while everything is looking real good, there's some things coming up that we need to discuss. Number one, on my agenda. Miles Straw. Let me just go out here and say to start off, Miles Straw was extended in the offseason. I was all for it, and I still remain all for it because he is going to come out of what he's come, what he's you know what he's going through in terms of he was 0 for 22 going into yesterday when he hit that second at bat double, and he's really been struggling with the plate. Um, he just looks terrible. He looks lost. At one point last week, he was changing stances. He had no batting gloves on. He, you know, He's trying everything to break out of this slump. But let me just start by saying this. The guy glides in center field. He's unbelievably good. I mean, the ground he covers is invaluable. I am not saying to take him out of the lineup at all because his defense is so superior to anything else you could put out there in center field that he deserves to be out there playing center field. So I don't want to take that away from him. Where I am losing my patience is with Tito 
hitting him leadoff every single game. I do not understand where that is coming from. I don't understand why he continues to do it. He has not hit in a month. I mean, literally has not hit in a month. It's it, it, it's too much. I, I, there, this offense, you know, it's old school way of thinking, which is, yeah, you know, uh, you want your speedy leadoff man hitting first. And, 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 you know, I understand, you know, he takes a lot of pitches. Well, at least he was before he got into this big skid. Um, but uh, he, he's he's not seeing the ball very well. He's not getting on base. Why is that a guy that you want to maximize the amount of at-bats that he sees? I mean, yes, he had a double yesterday to break an 0-22 slump. He also struck out three times. <laughs> so I just I don't see the need to be hitting him first. There are many options. You want to hit Stephen Kwan, who has, you know, gone through his ups and downs, has regained his, you know, high on base, uh, seeing lots of pitches, uh, you know, type self. He, he's he's hitting and seeing pitches much better than he was before. To me, I'm hitting Quan leadoff against right-handed pitchers. And if you don't want to hit him leadoff against right-handed pitchers, then hit Ahmed leadoff against right-handed pitchers. You know, on this podcast, my brother, the man who loves to hate Ahmed, even he has to admit, Ahmed's hitting the ball. His value right now is there. So you want Ahmed in that lineup every day hitting first or second at this point. I am totally fine with Ahmed leading off against left-handed pitchers. Move, move Miles Straw to the nine hole so he's at the bottom and you kind of have, he's kind of leading off because once you get through that lineup and then, you know, it's nine, one, two, fine. But the maximum amount of at-bats that someone in your lineup should get should not be right now your second worst hitter because whoever's catching is going to be worse than than Straw. So that's number one on my agenda. If he is hitting leadoff uh, Tuesday night in Minnesota, I, I'd i be very surprised. Actually, I take it back. Tito loves to ride this stuff out as long as he can. I'd still be surprised if he was leading off. Uh, you know, I personally would not be doing that, uh, but nobody asked me. That's number one on my list. Let's move Miles Straw down to nine. And I think everybody is in agreement with me on that. I haven't seen somebody argue the other side. At least at least get, let him catch his breath. I mean, his his numbers in the last month are just atrocious. And, you know, giving away at-bats at the beginning at the top of the order, especially when you have Jose Ramirez hitting third and you want, you want guys on base in front of him. So, uh, Miles Straw, I love you. Keep playing that gold glove outfield but when it comes down to it i'd prefer to have you hit ninth i mean i just i'm looking at his may numbers again in the month of may we got a 189 batting average a 289 on base percentage and a 527 ops he's you know that's 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 uh actually i just read that completely wrong i'm lying 178 average 286 on base percentage and a 508 OPS and he's uh 12 strikeouts he's only walked uh, you know he, he's he's walked 14 times which is good but in 90 you know 90 at bats 176 with a 508 OPS yeah that reeks of uh ninth place batter to me okay let's move on number two this week you're going to get the return of two guys who are int- uh, integral parts of this baseball team number one Fran Mil Reyes who was just on his rehab uh, assignment down in Columbus, 
had a walk-off RBI single on Saturday, hit a home run yesterday, Sunday. He hits two homers in his in his uh, rehab stint down in Columbus. He's looking ready to go. I like that they played him in the outfield one game uh, just to get his legs going. He's ready. He'll be activated Tuesday uh, and come back. And where you slot him in the lineup again and who goes is a really big question because there's really only two moves that you can make. Number one, and an easy move for them to make is send down Richie Palacios, which I am completely against. So, you know, there are not many kids who can come up here and be a bench player and know that role and do as good as Richie has done. Richie's had, you know, multiple pinch hit RBI hits, clutch hits, you know, sacrifice fly again uh, the other night in a big spot when they needed it in a pinch hit. He's handling the pinch hitting role really, really well. And he's a lethal bat off the bench, which I dig. He has options available of remaining, and I think it's only one because in the new court, I mean, listen, the new rules are very sketchy when it comes to COVID. One of the you're only allowed at this point now to be optioned back and forth to to the minors three times in one season. This technically would be his last one, but one of the times he came up was when all the guys early in the season had COVID and they used that. So I don't know if technically they could you know, petition MLB for an extra, you know, I, I don't know what it would be and I don't know how, how it would work out, but, you know, the obvious move is to send Richie down because of his options. The move they should do is DFA Oscar Mercado. Now, I am all f- good with Oscar as the fifth, you know, the fifth outfielder. He hits right-handed. He handles lefties pretty well. Um, he, he's, he's fine. I, I just... You know, the emergence of Oscar Gonzalez kind of makes him irrelevant at this point. I would much rather have Richie Palacios in that role. Uh, you know, just, just looking over Oscar Mercado, you know, there, there's just not that much there. You kind of know what he is and what he isn't at this point. Uh, the good news is you don't have to worry about playing him because he knows he's a bench player and he knows his role. And he's a really good dude, but he's 27. And at this point, you know what he isn't. And, you know, he's supposed to be the guy who hits lefties really well and he's in there to, 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 you know, to mash lefties. This isn't Jordan Luplo, kids. Against lefties in 51 at-bats, he's hitting 196 with a 501 OPS. <laughs> so, so I don't see the reason to keep him up other than he hits right-handed over Richie Palacios. I, and, and again, I, I like Oscar, good dude, but... You know, if I got to choose between Mercado and Palacios, it's Palacios all day long. Not to mention, clear off another 40-man roster spot. You don't need Oscar there. He's not a part of the future. So there's that. Uh, You got to have to do something with one of those guys because Oscar Gonzalez is now your right fielder every day. And I don't think that is going to change. He came up here to play every day and he's playing every day. And he's proving that he, you know, deserves to you know, get a chance and let's continue to ride it out with him. So let's see what happens there. Uh, the other guy coming back is Aaron Savali, who, you know, they already sent out Connor Pilkington back to, to uh, AAA. He will, I would imagine they would line him up to start one of the two doubleheaders, if not bo- both of the doubleheaders coming up uh, in the coming weeks. I know that there's one that's going to be in Cleveland uh, against the Twins. So I would imagine Pilkington would be that guy. They had brought up Anthony Castro for the weekend for an extra pen arm. 
uh, who, you know, came in and, and he pitched a little bit uh, on Saturday in the loss, eating some innings. So with Savali back in the rotation, you know, he he was looking pretty good in his, his second start in Columbus, did a nice job. Uh, and I think he'll be ready to go. I think he'll be fine. Let's see where he goes. Um, but he'll be back. So Pilkington's out and Castro uh, will will be sent down for Savali. So uh, I believe Aaron is lined up for Tuesday. But when we get into pitching matchups, we can discuss it. Then there's the the Jose Ramirez thumb situation, which came out of nowhere. He jammed his thumb uh, Thursday in Colorado. Uh, he tried to play through it Friday, uh, kept his hitting streak going. And uh, then they sat him Saturday and Sunday, which was too bad because Saturday night was a Fox national game. And I would have loved to have seen him get some national publicity. But, you know, obviously what's more important his health. That's the most important thing. So he he did not play Sunday either because with the Monday off day, you let him, you know, give him an extra day. They ended up winning without him, which was pretty incredible anyways. Uh, hopefully it's nothing. Um, you know, I, I saw yesterday they were taking him for x-rays, but then I never saw the results. Now, I would assume that we would know if it was broken by now. But, you know, with this way, the way this organization talks about, uh, you know, injuries, you just never know. You just don't know. But, uh, hey, you know, we'll see what happens with Jose. I'm sure he'll be back uh, Tuesday. Well, I hope he'll be back Tuesday and better than ever because we're going to need him for that uh, twin series. Okay, next on my list, another guy down in Columbus working his way back is number 99. Now, I here's what I'm going to say about 99. He, I saw in his last outing, you know, two outings ago in Columbus, he was walking the ballpark and was not ready. And Rick Manning made a, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was very interesting. Rick Manning made this, this, uh, they were talking, they put it, they put up the graphic on the television and, you know, Aaron Zavalli and, and Fran Reyes and 99 are, are, you know, you know, and they put up their, their stats, uh, what's going on in Columbus and their rehab assignments. And Rick Manning said, leave him down there. He's not ready. To, you know, he's walking the ballpark, leave him down there. It was very curt and to the point, and like he wanted him out. I, I found it very interesting. Now, f- listeners to this podcast know how I feel about him. Um, as a pitcher, if he's got it going on, he's unbelievable. And he's exactly what this bullpen could need. Because right now, the fact that Tito used Brian Shaw in high leverage three days in a row in Colorado was, I don't know if astounding is the word I would use. Strange, bizarre. Let's just break out the the uh, you know the the source the the source. <laughs> Why can't I say that word? Jeez, what's wrong with me this morning? These Mondays are rough. Anyways, uh, it's astounding to me that he continues to pitch Shaw in high leverage. HLS, as my brother likes to refer to him as, high leverage Shaw. You've got to have somebody better than that. If that's the best you can do, I mean, when he came in for the third consecutive day and, you know, immediately loaded the bases on Thursday. I said, you know what, if we lose this one, this is on Tito. The fact that he could have used anyone else and chose to go to Shaw for a third straight time was ridiculous. This is, again, I know that Shaw has been better of late and I know that I think he had nine straight scoreless appearances, but that doesn't make it right. He's a league average relief pitcher who, Tito treats like he's Andrew Miller 2017. It it defies logic. We've talked about it ad nauseum. I don't need to go over it again, but that's that's how I feel about it. But getting back to 99, 
in his last uh, appearance, he struck out three in one inning of work, uh, came off the mound, fired up, you know, doing his usual sti- his, his usual shtick. Um, while they need him, and they need if he's great, and you can slot him in front of uh, uh, of Class A, uh, and you know pair him with Big Sam and with Eli Morgan, and and you know or put those guys together. There's something special going on with this team. They have great vibes. Everything seems to be really good. They, uh, oh god, I can't remember who it was, but somebody gave an interview. It was a player and said they haven't been around a team that has been this this close this early in years. Do we really want to throw 99 in that mix? The guy's a freaking lunatic. Let's 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 be honest here. Uh, you know. I will not go into personal attacks. I shouldn't. But whatever. The guy is, he's out there. He is. He's hes different. He is definitely different. Uh, I don't know if there's the veteran, you know, there, there's Jose Ramirez and there's Shane Bieber, but is there the real hardcore veteran guys who can rein him in? And and, and yes, I love it on the mound. He can be as demonstrative as he, as he wants, but some of the off the field stuff and the social media stuff and everybody sees this and it's, it, it's again, not good for the, the vibes, not good for the mojo. And I love the way this team is going, but he's going to be here at one point at some point because of his ability. So that's just something t- to watch. I really want to also give a shout out while talking about the bullpen to Anthony Ghost. Here's a guy who has not pitched in high leverage, has not been great. You know, they, I think they had big plans for him, but he just has had control issues. You know, this is a guy who obviously, you know, as, as the story is well documented, he was an outfielder and, you know, the Guardians have worked with him for the last few years on becoming a relief pitcher and he throws so hard and it just hasn't really worked out the way they wanted it to. And he came in at such a tough spot and was so good Friday night when they needed him. So, you know, that was a great, great move to use him. And I would, you know, give him, hopefully that'll give him some confidence to, uh, to move forward. So last two things on the list, and I'm just going to talk about this briefly. The guardians still haven't announced it, but Rob Manfred, uh, Worst commissioner in sports came out uh, this week and, and had a little press conference. And one of the things that he told the media was that he uh, the, the the minority sale of the Guardians was was, you know, all but done to David Blitzer, billionaire extraordinaire. Um, that's great news for this franchise. It looks like, you know, the details aren't 100 percent clear. But, you know, what we hear is that the path to full ownership could take, you know, anywhere five, six years. But who knows? It could be earlier than that. I suspect it will be earlier than that. So you're going to have a new ownership in place. I think while a lot of people will be excited, he's not going to come in here and immediately start spending because, you know, that's just not, I, I don't, you know, yes, will he spend more than, than the Dolan family? Of course he will, but it's going to be different. I think that his plan to start off is going to be more about developing the area around the team plus developing the team. But as we've talked about on, uh, on this podcast many times, it's great to have a billionaire owner for sure. But the fact that you have a team right now who is playing this well is the youngest team in baseball and the top guys aren't even here yet. They're a year or two away. We are building something really special here. And I think it's all going to come together and then Blitzer's going to take over and it's going to work out really nicely. The one thing to watch 
here, and this is years down the road, and it's not worth having a long conversation about now, is new owners like to have their guys in place. Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are as good as they are, as good as the game has in their current positions. And you want them to stay here. So hopefully it's a smooth transition of power and when it does happen, Antonetti and Chernoff are happy and being left alone to do what they have done because you just never know. You know, we're all excited now, but you know who else we were excited about? Jailbird Jimmy Haslam. And uh, let's see how, you know, we all know how well that went. I'm not saying the Blitzer thing's going to go that way, but I'm just saying let's let's pump our brakes, be, be happy with what you have for now. So here we go. The real test of what's going on started last week. Guardians went 5-1 and one in Colorado, in Los Angeles. Now let's move to the pitching matchups for this week. you got a three-game set, as I said, at Minnesota. Tuesday night, 7.40 Eastern time. Aaron Savali against Joe, a.k.a. Jonah Ryan. <laughs> the outsider's insider. He's been very good for them. Uh, I would, you know, I would say arguably, you know, he's right-handed. Arguably, uh, their biggest surprise in the rotation has been very good. Wednesday, 7:40, Tristan McKenzie will go for the Guardians uh, against the return of Sonny Gray, who uh, has had nice success against our franchise over the years. And then you got a Thursday afternoon 110 tilt, Zach Plesac, Zach Plesac against the lefty Devin Smeltzer. So Friday, the return home, and I want to see big crowds this weekend. Can we do that? I will be there uh, Friday night and Sunday. Uh, Friday night, Boston Red Sox come to town, have have turned their season around after the slow start. Right now, they're not listing a starter for Friday or Sunday. I see Cal Quantrill uh, for the Guardians Friday. Saturday is going to be a 6 10 start. Shane Bieber, who uh, won two starts this week. The ace against Nick Pavetta, who just uh, struck out 10 in his last start. And then Sunday will be Aaron Savali for a second time through, Sunday afternoon, 140. So uh, that's your pitching matchups. You know, this is a tough, tough stretch, as we've talked about before. You just finished that 5-1 and one stretch at Colorado at the Dodgers. Now we got Minnesota and then the big on the road and then the big home stretch. You're, you know, one, two, three, four, five, five. There's a f- eight of your next 11 games are against the Twins. So you want to make a statement in the division? Now's the time because you got that three-game set on the road in Minnesota and then uh, in between sandwich, uh, sandwich on the other side of that Boston series is a five-gamer against the Twins. You got a uh, doubleheader Tuesday. So that's going uh, to be something. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Special shout out to all the dads out there, especially the ones, uh, you know, the people out there like me who who didn't who had lost their father, uh, didn't have, you know, didn't have their dad with them on Father's Day. Um, I had a great day yesterday, so special shout out to all of you fathers out there. Happy Father's Day! So glad our baseball team could give you a win. Um, thanks to the executive producer and of course my uh, man, my bro. My, my best friend, Matthew P. Derry, the living legend for uh, allowing me to do this little solo mission. Um, thank you to everyone else for listening. I super, I just, I, I, I love doing this with Matt. It's like the best thing. 
the two of us together, we have this great vibe and it's just such a great thing that we have always shared. And why it's so special is because our father brought us together, brought us up watching baseball, loving Cleveland Indians baseball. And it's, it's, it's what he and I, it's, listen, we share a lot, but this is like our thing. So to be able to do a podcast with him every week is, it's truly a pleasure and a joy. And, you know, I don't get paid a single dime to do it. Any, I would do it for free forever. I just, I love doing it. So thanks everyone for listening. And thanks so much for all of the positive uh, comments on Twitter. Uh, you know, again, check me out at TD Guardians KU and my brother at Dairy Speaks. And uh, hopefully next week we're talking about being in first place and, and continuing on those positive vibes. And as my brother and the great Matt Underwood would say, we are out of room and out of here. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.